Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is a very loyal butler. <laughs> Jess. Nice. I'm already excited. <laughs> yeah. Today we're talking about Edwin Jarvis. Oh, that is a true uh, butler name, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so his real name is Edward Jarvis, and he looks like a butler. I never would have guessed. Wow, that's exactly how a butler looks in my head. Yeah. Um. So, so his occupation is butler. <laughs> Plot twist. Uh, his his identity is publicly known. He's a former citizen of the UK, now naturalized citizen of the US, with no criminal record. Um. Other alias: the Crimson Cow. <laughs> okay. Um. And. Place of birth, unrevealed, middle status, unrevealed, now single. Known relative is Mrs. Jarvis, who is his mother. Employ, he works for Tony Stark and the Avengers. And uh, he first appeared in Tales of Suspense, issue number 59, The Black Knight, and then Captain America in, 19, in November 1964. Okay, and okay. And this is a very generic cover. Um, this, so this is a Captain America and Iron, uh, and Iron Man and Captain America uh, comic. Oh wow! Yeah, if you showed me that, I mean, that's you can't really tell anything about the issue, can you? No. So you have Iron Man presenting Captain America coming out of the background, and you, in big news, starting with this issue, two big features for the price of one. God, I wish comics were still 12 cents. Be nice. They're about about five bucks now. Yeah. Per. Which, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're still going to support people. I get it. I get it. No, I understand. Yeah. But also, you know, maybe maybe it wouldn't hurt as bad if you would just pay people a living wage in in general. But yeah, it's, it's beyond generic, isn't it? It's really just Captain America, Iron Man doing their thing. Yeah. And this is kind of the start where Tales of Suspense is basically like a launching pad for their own comics. Because at this time, Iron Man and Captain America didn't have their own comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, this is... That's that's the cover. There's not much. Uh, But yeah, so... um, Edwin Jarvis was a butler in the employ of millionaire inventor and industrialist Tony Stark. And worked in Stark Mansions in Midtown Manhattan. Apparently, Jarvis originally served Stark's parents, Howard and Maria Stark. He continued to work for Tony Stark after their deaths. Before coming to the United States, Edwin Jarvis once served heroically in the UK's Royal Air Force as a pilot. Jarvis was presented was present was present at the mansion when the new team of Superman Adventurers. The Avengers first held their meetings there. Tony Stark, who identified as Iron Man, was a founding member of the team and donated the mansion to the Avengers for their use as a headquarter and set up Maria's, the Maria Stark Foundation to cover for the team's operational 
expenses, aka money laundering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, um, I hmm. I suspect also because for a long time, Iron Man, this the person in the suit was bodyguard to Tony Stark, even though it was Tony Stark. Yeah. So in order for it to seem like it is a bodyguard, you have to pay them. Right. So he was probably drawing a double salary <gasps> as well. He was probably embezzling. I understand. Whatever. He was a he's a you know billionaire. But again, well, yeah, like, I was surprised. <laughs> I mean, I'm not super surprised. I'm going to be honest. But like, you know, he's just embezzling all over the place. <laughs> um. Oh, well, it's good that he's paying the Avengers. I mean, it's good for that, but, like... Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they could be full-time. They don't have to work at second gig. <laughs> but, you just go down as, like, Captain America, like, shaking out the fries basket. But, yeah, uh, Jarvis served the Avengers loyally since the very beginning of the team's history. His duty included maintenance of the Avengers Quinjets. And specialized equipment and supervision of work crews repairing damage to the Avengers headquarters, as well as normal household duties, such as preparing the Avengers meals. Presumably, there are other members of the household staff to help Jarvis to take care of such enormous mansion, but he's the only servant who lives in the mansion itself. Radio. Yeah. Uh, years ago, the enemy uh, Avengers enemy Ultron hypnotized Jarvis into helping him, and the second Masters of Evil organized the capture of the Avengers and the Avengers mansion. Yeah, basically under Ultron's control, he briefly assumed the guise of the Crimson Cow, which Ultron himself used to conceal his true identity. Ultron caused Jarvis to believe that he had to portray the Avengers uh, out of his own free will to procure the money to pay his ailing mother's hospital bill. Uh, you know what would fix that? Universal healthcare. Mm, yeah. There's a lot. See, like... The comic, the these comics do not talk about how many villains have to become villains because of medical bills. Yeah, see, it just wouldn't work here. Uh, yeah, so I won't get too much into it, but literally, we we went to the ER the other day for my roommate, and it was free. It was actually free the entire thing. You have to pay five thousand dollars to run an ambulance. Yeah, like it's not good. Like a lot of debt is involved in people becoming villains, which. Hey, by the way, that's also why a lot of people become violent criminals. Because <laughs> it's the only way that yeah. they could do anything. And I won't get on my high it. horse. Like in Australia, you can still get into medical debt in Australia, but it it seems ridiculously easy. It's no, like you can get into it by taking uh, taking an ambulance to the hospital. There are people who legitimately order Ubers or Lyfts and stuff to go to the hospital yeah. for life threatening stuff. And then, of course, if you leave, like, chronic issues, and then they become an acute issue, and then it's, like, more of a expense. Yeah. But, uh, nonetheless. Um, so, basically consumed by guilt, Jarvis revealed the location of Ultron's lair to the third Black Knight, thereby making it possible to, to, to rescue the Avengers. The Avengers took uh, the repentant Jarvis back into their service. Months later, Jarvis's memories was cleared and he remembered that Ultron hypnotized him into portraying the uh, Avengers and told them so. When the fourth Masters of Evil organization, led by the second Baron Zemo, seized control of the Avengers mansion, one of its members, Mr. Hyde, brutally tortured Jarvis. Uh, the Avengers finally defeated a, the Masters of Evil, but the mansion had been left in ruins and Jarvis left hospitalized. 
As a result, high tr- as a result of high treatment of him, he was left 90% blind in one eye and able to walk with a cane only and had to walk with a cane due to damage to his right leg. Although he could have retired due to his injuries, Jervis instead chose to return to work with the Avengers. He now acts as East Coast Avengers principal domestic servant. At present, his leg injuries had healed, and he slowly recovered his vision in his left eye. Oh. His only relative, his mother, still lives in New York City. Right. So I was going to say, because presumably his mother is British, so yeah, if she had old. dual citizenship, are you guys allowed that? Yeah, and certain circumstances yeah because i was like maybe she could have gone back to the uk got treatment yeah but you know it's whatever (laughs) um so he's 511 weighs 160 has blue eyes black hair he does you know moderate exercise (laughs) and can't relate you know he he used to be good at hand-to-hand combat and was a boxing champion at the uh air force academy i mean it's royal air force academy for three years um, but obviously his recent injuries had hampered his fighting prowess. Yes. So. I never knew all this about Jarvis. Yeah. I knew of Jarvis. I didn't of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just a, just a British person. <laughs> uh, yep, that's it. Wow. So, you have anything else to say? Um, I just, is there a thing, like, in real life that a lot of butlers are British, or is it just a trope? I do know that there is a butler like school type thing in England somewhere. Um, and I guess because, uh, you know, like America and Australia are younger countries, like the British servitude thing might have been more of a <laughs> more of a cultural thing at the time, too. Yeah, there's a uh, butler. There's a butler international, which apparently... Ooh, okay, let's get into this really recent. Let's get into this for a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So there is an International Butler Academy, hmm. um, which, oh, this is exactly what you think it would be. Was it all prim and proper? Y- very much. Oh. <laughs> Jesse just sent me a link to the butler school, so I'm going to have a little check. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a, a butling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a butling and, and <laughs> I don't know. I learned a word today, butling. But yeah, it's well, they all look exactly how I think they look. It, apart from the yeah. fact there's like, like, like <laughs> feminine butlers. <laughs> yeah, they have femme butlers, which is <laughs> better than I thought it would be. So inclusive. Oh well, uh, I mean. Only inclusive if you have a working knowledge of English. Um, <laughs> they all look okay, okay. white from what I saw. Okay. Well, that is, that's a little, that seems a little like, okay. School English, quote unquote, is fine. So I guess if you have working, like you can talk. Yeah. Oh, no, there are enough. some non-white people. There we go. Yeah. Um, oh, you can be an MB butler as well. <laughs> Gender and age are not important, so you can be old, young. Wow. You know, in the in the technicolor uh, space between gender. <laughs> um, Lovely. And how much is it? Okay. I do enjoy the by royal appointment. I wonder what sort of kid grows up and is like, I want to be a butler. I do imagine it actually pays pretty well. 
and for what it is. And you'd probably get to be in like a, a fancy pants estate if you lived there. There's a good chance that you'll have housing and yeah. board and room. And thing is, is like, I mean, it is technically a little bit of what, like what maids do. It just stuff. seems like it would take up a lot of your life, though. It does. That's the thing. Like, you could definitely tell. Um, okay, there's a placement agency, specialized training. Um, no, it's just this. Not for me. It, I mean, it's not for me. It's not horrible, I guess. Well, the good news is, though, is like you could possibly get into an illicit affair with the uh, <laughs> with the Mister or Mrs. of the uh, <laughs> resident, and both of them you know. simultaneously. Or you could get the opportunity to murder a billionaire. Hmm. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing. (laughs) It's a bit like Stepford Wives for me, like the picks. Like they kind of freak me out that they're so uh, cultivated. Here, okay. Here's okay. Here's here's what the here's what the leftists need to do. (laughs) Okay, I'm listening. Here's here's what violent Antifa needs to do. Um, they need to infiltrate all the Butler schools, train, become world-renowned house management specialists. And butling specialists, of course. Um, and they get hired on to these huge estates that are empty. They get they get intimately close, either sexually or just like socially, close to all these billionaires. Which apparently it was pointed out to me the other day. There's less than three thousand of them, which means less than a day's worth of COVID deaths in America. Wow. Um, so yeah, no, exactly. Um, so you know, then we then we do a strike. Strike right there. <laughs> we do the thing Antifa does and burn down houses and uh, Butler assassins. Uh, take money. F- yeah. Wow. By the way, I'm joking about Antifa. Antifa mostly just like organizes, uh, like just they just organize and they're not that even that organized is decentralized. Um, but that being said, um, yeah, apparently you can be an expert in butling these if the year of our Lord 2021. Um, Butling just reminds yeah. it sounds like a baby butt. It does. Maybe maybe that would be like a uh, like a cartoon or something. <laughs> like the butt legs. It's just little baby butts. Yeah. It's just like possibly with little wings because yeah. they gotta get around. Something. Yeah. Well, um yep, we are done. So what do you have to plug? Uh so in this episode I'm gonna plug the Femme Detail Red Bubble. We have stuff that relates to our podcast, but also more generally to cool things like cryptids, the weird, the bad, and the spooky. So Redbubble, if you're in the market for, uh, you know, t-shirts or stickers, and uh, check it out. My name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Creepy Critters, where I already did that one. I have another podcast called Into Riverdale, where me and my friend Daniel talk about Riverdale episode by episode, and which is... Almost like just Sisyphus, like just pushing up that boulder. Like it's never ending. Like every episode brings something new and hard to understand and is not reconciled in any way most of the time. Um, so, but yeah, if you want to listen to us do that endeavor, you can go to Into Riverdale or Into the Rewatch, I think is what it's going to be called on most stuff. We're currently doing Riverdale. We might do Nancy Drew next. No, we're going to be doing the Nancy Drew one next. Apparently, that's crazier. <laughs> also written, also written by some uh, Riverdale alums. Oh, oh, that sounds 
good. And by good, I mean bad, but bad good. Oh, oh, this is still going to be relevant by the time we uh, put this out. So uh, they're doing a time skip of like seven years. On Riverdale. In the, on Riverdale. Oh, no. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. There is a photo of Archie Andrews in a in a in a soldier's outfit because he went to the army. He went to war. Of course. Um, and they did not crop out the the set for the football field. <laughs> <laughs> so you see a goalpost, which means which could be that no, wait it could be could be that it's in America. They could be fighting in America. Oh. Oh. Discourse. <laughs> Or Australia. They could be fighting in Australia. You have Australian rule football. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of those. But, um, I'm very... Also, the thing that you, you knew was going to happen with Joe Kenny is he becomes a writer. Yes. Of course. I'd love um, it if Riverdale came to Australia. That would be a mess. Also, I I want to know, is it is it set in, like, 2028? <laughs> or is it... Is that twenty twenty eight? What year is it set in? Are you gonna get that? Yeah. Or just vague the future. Yeah. Well we know Instagram exists. I'm not gonna get into this right now. We literally have so much more before. And we haven't gotten to the point where we talked about the cults yet. Oh dearie. That apparently there was multiple love. Multiple cults in Riverdale. Of course. Yeah. So um so yeah, so we'll do that. We'll be talking about that in the future, but also, um, if you feel like supporting me in multiple ways, you can either go on at Alphabet Flight on Twitter, Instagram, where you can not only see the people we are talking about, but you can also, you know, share and stuff the uh, episodes. You can rate and review us on the podcatcher of your choice to help us get a little bit more reach, or you could throw some money at me and go to Alphabet Flight. Patreon.com slash Alphabet Flight, which is also linked in the description. So, uh, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may Conchie protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Mm-hmm.